You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So all of this secularism or humanism or just the physical aspects of of Christmas and Christianity, that's not how it began. Let's read how it began. Luke chapter 2. We read the, the first bit of this last week, and, uh, but, but I stopped short of the angels because I was saving that for today because I wanted to kind of remind you and, and stir you up again about that spiritual side of it. This is Luke 2, beginning at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God. I, I, I want to stop and preach there for just a minute. <laughs> you know, joined by the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened. I'd like the exclamation point right there, right? Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they sauntered over. They ambled. Notice that they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. They hurried. I mean, if we can... Remember what it's really all about. In this time of, uh, of some of the deepest struggles that, that our generation has ever experienced, in the, in the time of uh, cynicism, in the time of, uh, and some, somebody was talking about that this week, and they said, I'm pretty bad for that. And I, I said, no, I think the longer that we live and the more we get taken advantage of, the easier it is for us to, not trust other people. And in this time, to hear that, wait, there's a Messiah, there's hope, there's joy, there's peace, there's, there's this possibility all over again, and let's hurry, and let's, let's find this today. Can we hurry here right now, best we can? I guess that's up to you, Pastor, right, if we're going to hurry here or not. Can we hurry to this? I mean, you sitting right there in your heart, can you hurry to this one more time? I mean, this, this Christmas story from the very first Christmas night, It was all about the spiritual, the supernatural, the divine, the heavenly. It was all about this. Can we recapture this? And you know what? It wasn't just this night. I mean, like like, uh, we said last week in the sermon, for 700 years, there were prophecies about Jesus before he was ever born. 700 years. You You know what hundreds are, right? Centuries. For centuries, there had been, there had been prophecies of Jesus. Now, I just, I just find in all of this supernatural and, and uh, this spiritual here, I just find so much, so much hope and, and consolation and, and encouragement and enthusiasm. If you, if you think about that, what, what, what's a prophecy? I, I think God 
gives prophecies for two reasons. One, I think God sometimes speaks a prophecy. He said, let me tell you, he's just saying, let me tell you what I am going to do. You know, I, I like that. I think God's got a plan, amen? I like that. You got a plan, God? Let me tell you what I'm about to do. I'm, I'm ready, God. I want to hear that. I mean, it, those of you that raised your hand a few moments ago and said, you need something supernatural to happen in your, in your week, I mean, you're ready for God to say, I have a plan. But you know, there's, there's another time that God speaks prophecies. And he said, sometimes when, you know, this is his plan, but man or men or humans or we or a few individuals or all of us, we choose our own way. We go non-spiritual. We go, we go secular. We go physical. We go in rebellion. And God says, here's where rebellion is going to happen. So God sometimes speaks prophecies about when people get out. And you know what? Even that encourages me, is that God knows when we're going to blow it. <laughs> he knows when, I don't, I don't mean just me personally, but yeah, me personally, you personally. But he knows when the world is going to turn its back on him. He knows when they're not going to listen anymore. And you know what? And he has, he has a plan for that too. He's not caught off guard when you blow it. He's not caught off guard when you mess up. He knew you were going to mess up. And he forgave you anyway that first time. You know, I think sometimes, you know, somebody messes, messes up or they hurt my feelings. And, you know, and sometimes I want to say, if I'd known you were going to hurt my feelings, I wouldn't have been so nice to you in the first place, right? Well, God knew we were going to break his heart. He knew we were going to turn our back. He knew we were going to rebel. We were going to go our own way. We were going to say no to him. And he still sent his son to die for us, even though he knew all of that. Thank God. 700 years of prophecies. And, and then there's this, this thing about the manner of Jesus' birth. Okay, now this is one a lot of people have struggled with at Christmas, right? Jesus' mom was a virgin until after she gave birth. She was still, she was still a virgin. And I, I know people struggle with this sometimes, and I'd love to have the discussion with you if you'd like to. Let's sit and talk about it. But you know, at some point, and somebody said this this past week, and I don't remember who said it. I, I, I may have read it on Facebook, so I know if I read it on Facebook, it's got to be true, right? You know, that... You know, our, our, our greatest need is not to just believe in God, but we need to believe in the God we believe in. Now, what did he mean by that? He's meaning like we've already said we believe in God. And when you believe in God, when you believe there is a supreme being that calls all of the universe into existence out of nothing, then there is nothing he can't do. A virgin birth, that's easy. You know, salvation, that's easy. Your healing that you need, that's easy. Your financial miracle that you need, all of that's easy. But you, you, know, what, you know what Mary did, if, if you remember the story? And, and, and listen, all, all the, the prophecies and, and uh, these stories, I've got the links, to, links for you there in our sermon notes today on church2911.com slash connect. Go there and you find all these. And you can do the research and follow up a lot of things there. Okay, and, and, and you can find out about Mary. And when, when God sent an angel to talk to Mary, hang on to that. We're going to talk about angels in a minute too, okay? Because we're talking about all this supernatural stuff, right? And when this angel came and talked to Mary and said, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like if God told me something like that, the, my first thing would be like, whoa, wow, you, you don't mean it. But you know what her first question was? But I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. You know, I've never had sexual relations. This, this can't happen. And I think, why, why did she ask that? I mean, why was that her problem? Why was that her question? But I think that's the way you and I act, don't we? 
I mean, when we start thinking about something we need from God, what do we do? We start thinking about how it can happen and what is even more destructive, I believe, is why it can't happen. Amen? And so we begin thinking, I need this, and we want to ask God, but, oh, that'll never happen because of this and this and this, and that's exactly what Mary did. And you know what, you know what the angel did? The angel just explained the rest of it to her, and almost as if God is just saying, why don't you just be obedient and let me handle what you can't figure out? Man, that's what I want to hear from God today. You know, I, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know how God can bring to me the miracle that I need in my life, but God didn't ask me to figure out how to create that miracle. He just said, you be obedient and let me handle what you can't figure out. Thank God for that kind of a God. Because if he's, if he's not a God that can figure those things out, then he's not much of a God. I, I, I like to say it a lot, especially at 101, if we, we, we talk a little bit about the Trinity there and how, you know, I, I don't understand the Trinity, just like you don't understand how God can bring your miracle to you. But you know what? If you could understand everything there is about God, he wouldn't be much of a God. There has to be something about him that is so mind-blowing, I can't fathom him. And so when I'm praying for a miracle or a need, I need to believe again and get into that supernatural side of me, not that, not that soul side or that physical side, but get into that spiritual side of me that says, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you've got to show up because I, I need this. And he says, okay, you just be obedient and let me handle what you can't figure out. Thank God for that. And then, there, then there's the angels, right? I mean, they filled the sky that night and they started singing. We just read the scripture. And they started, they, they started proclaiming what was about to happen. And then they started singing. I'm sorry, I'm on some, I'm on some uh, uh, pseudofed and it's just drying me out this morning. But they started singing. But here's the thing. The, the, the angels appeared to these shepherds. And then what happened after they were done with their song. Did you remember what it said? It said they went back into heaven. These angels didn't just appear and then disappear like disintegrate. They didn't go away. Those angels were already there. They were already in existence. And when that was over, the angels are still in existence. They're still there. Scripture tells us the angels encamp round about those who love God. That they're encamped around us today. Oh, and, and I wish, I wish that we could see into the spirit realm like those shepherds were able to do that night. Now I don't know if if they actually saw in the spirit realm or the angels were allowed to come into the physical realm. Probably the latter of the two. But either way, that to see that and know, yes, they really are there. They really are there. And for us to remember is, I mean, it's, there are times right, that God feels a million miles away. <laughs> but we know he's not, and yet even in those times when he does, to remember that his angels are there. But you really believe in angels, Pastor? Only because the Bible tells me they're real. Not because my favorite Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, tells me about Clarence, you know, because there's a whole lot of stuff. I meant, you know, Clarence uh, being an angel, that, you know, according to that, and the whole Hollywood story is we're all going to die and we got to hang around and do good deeds and all the things until we can finally get our wings. And then we can, you know, and that, that's angels are separate beings from humans, according to Scripture. You believe in that, Pastor? I've heard people say this. 
I've heard people say it is a very self-centered thought for us to believe we are the only beings in the universe. Now, most people, when they say that, they're talking about little green men on Mar Mars or something, right? Or uh, some of those weird, weird aliens in the Star Wars movies. That's, that's what most people are thinking. But let me, say, let me say it this. Let me change it a little bit and say it this. I think it is a very... I think it is a very arrogant thought to believe that we are the most supreme being in this universe. That there's nothing bigger than me. That there's nothing greater than me. I mean, that's a pretty arrogant thought, and I think that's where we, we don't realize what we've gotten to is that, is that we've just gotten so full of ourselves that we can't believe anymore because we can figure this out, we can figure this out, we, but I can't figure that out, so that must not be true. What an arrogant place it is. And, and I said, well, if God would just let me see what the shepherds saw that night. And Jesus said, you know, he said this to his disciples, you know, blessed are those people who see these miracles and all of this and they believe. But he said, blessed even more are those who have not seen the miracles. They've not looked into that spirit realm and seen all of this. Blessed are those who have not looked and yet they believe anyway. And that's you and I. I haven't seen the angels you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to, like, doubting Thomas. I didn't get to feel his hands after he was raised from the dead and see where the marks were, where the nails went in his hands on the cross. I didn't get to see that. I, I didn't see the empty tomb, but I believe it. And Jesus said, I'm blessed even more because I believe even though I didn't see. And then there's that whole thing about a star. Y'all ever listened to all the stuff out there about the Christmas star? You know, and how, how this happened, how these, how these guys, the, these uh, wise men came from a long ways away and followed this star, and, and it got them all the way to, to Herod, and then they started looking again, and it led them on to Bethlehem. How this happened? And I've heard, well, you know, like last year, 2020, there was the convergence of Jupiter and, and, uh, and Saturn, and by them coming together, it made them look even brighter. And so, you know, well, that, that's, that's got to be what, what it was. It was one of those kinds of things. You know, so maybe in a way we're trying to explain away this whole thing, but it was probably just that. But you know what that tells me? That tells me that when God put all the planets in motion and they just spun and spun and spun and spun for all of these years until finally at just the right moment they came together so he could say, watch, because tonight my son is going to be born. You know, but it's probably not that, at least not the biblical account, because according to the biblical account, you know, that they travel following this star, and that convergence last year only happened for a few hours. So it probably wasn't that because, I mean, they had to follow it for weeks. And then after they left Herod, they followed it again to Bethlehem. So I don't really know exactly how, how that worked, but, you know, and is, it a, is it a star that, that for some reason just drew closer to the earth that night or is it a star that somewhere like you know Beetlejuice they say is uh, one that's fairly close to us and that it's uh it's going to burn out soon one day some of y'all laughing y'all think about the movie you know I'm talking about the star okay and it's and it's and it's gonna it's just going to Nova one day and is that what happened that night that that there was a star that just you know it just Nova it just exploded and so it just as it burned out burned out but just like with Beetlejuice, you, know, you remember how far away stars are? When it happens, whenever Beetlejuice, whenever it burns out 
and it's gone. It'll be 400 years before we see it. Well, guess what? I ain't going to see it. <laughs> It'll take that long for it to get, you know what that tells me? That tells me, wh- however God did this, he's been planning this for a long time. If it was the convergence, if it was, if it was that he moved uh, a star closer to, 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 to earth, or if it was that uh, he, he made some, some star out in the universe and he had to time it perfectly so it would hit on this time. And it just tells me, come on, here's a good one right here. It just tells me that if God has to, he can move the universe to take care of you, meet your needs, to answer your questions, to solve your, your, your doubts and, and problems in your life. He can even move the universe. And then, then after the story, there's even more angels and more dreams and going on. And uh, Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 and uh, Zechariah, Zacharias, I'm sorry, and, uh, and Elizabeth and more angels and more dreams. The Magi, I mean, they, they, uh, they are warned in a dream that night if you remember the story, to go back a different way because Herod wanted to kill the baby and so they didn't go back and see. And so more angels and more dreams. And, and so you know, not to get into a long list of all of these, but why, why? It's like all of this and then boom, as God said, ah, let me give you another dream. Ah, let me send one more angel. Let me say it one more time. I mean, <laughs> y'all ever been around a, a dad, a new dad? <laughs> Have I told you about my newborn? Have you seen a, let, let me get my pictures out, right? Have you ever been around and do, it's almost like God the Father said, let, let me just tell you one more time. Let me just assure that everybody knows this is my son. And, and as I told you, a new survey that came out said among all, all Americans, not just Christians, that the vast majority of Americans believe that Jesus Christ was the true son of God the Father. I, I'm amazed at that. As secular, as far away as we've gone from Christianity, yet we still hold that true. And it's like just because God just keeps saying it and keeps saying it and keeps... That tells me, for those of you who say God's a million miles away, hadn't heard his voice in forever, he's still speaking. He's still trying. You need to hear his voice today? Give him a moment. Shut down that busy, busy Christmas week that you've got and just give him a moment. Just get along with him and believe again that God has a word of encouragement for you, has a word of hope for you, has a word of peace for you. And so how in the world can we look at all of this going on? How in the world can we look at this and and, and forget that Christmas is a spiritual time? It's a supernatural, it's a divine time, it's it's a heavenly time. How can we look at all this and forget that? Let's Let's believe again, and let's not lose it again. And I don't know about you, but the stuff I deal with, well, you know, that's really not true because I do know about a lot of you, and I know the stuff you're dealing with. I know some of you what you're struggling with. So instead of me saying, I don't know about you, but this is true for me, why don't you just agree with me? This is true for me too, Pastor. But we didn't need, at Christmas time, for Christmas, we didn't need a baby in a manger. We didn't need another holiday. <laughs> you know, we didn't need uh, a new bedtime story to tell our kids and our grandkids. <laughs> we didn't need material for a school play. Let's say, hey, here's a plot. 
let's get some shepherds and, and, and sheep and let's just get a plot. Kurt was telling me his grandson was in a program last week. They had to go and see him. Told me he was a camel. Asked him if he had any speaking parts. And uh, I think Kurt enjoyed that maybe more than y'all did. But uh, that's not the reason for Christmas. We need a Savior. What would come on? Can you agree with your pastor today? What we need for Christmas is we need a Savior. We need a healer. We need a deliverer. We need hope. We need wisdom. We need joy. And we need peace. Because, back up, Kristen, for me. Because when we lose, when, when we lose belief, we've lost the wonder. Man. We've, you, ever, you ever been around someone who has lost their wonder about life? Their joy in life anymore? When we lose belief, we've lost hope. This is all I've got. I can't hope for anything better tomorrow than I've got right now. When we lose belief, we've lost that, that, that chance at having the unexpected happen in our life. Do you know, that's what faith gives us. When we have faith, we're walking around, you know, like some people walk around on eggshells just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, when you're walking in faith, the other shoe that drops is a miracle happening. When you've got faith, there is, a, there is a, an expectation of the unexpected to happen. And Jesus Christ, he is our unexpected expectation. That at any moment, everything going on in my life can turn around and, and, and blessing and miracle can just fall into my life, rain into my life because of who he is. We need to believe again. I really... I, I really want you to believe you. I prayed this prayer over you this week. So many times I was praying it while we were singing. God, help us believe again. There, there are some of you, you've lost that belief and you've lost that wonder. Man, our, our world needs to wonder again. Our world needs hope again. Our world needs this expectation again. But it's got to start right here. If we don't have it, no one else is going to have it. They can't get it unless we get it again. Believe again. How do, I, how, do, how do I do that, Pastor? I've been hurt so much. I've been beaten up so much. I've been betrayed and lied about. Y'all want to have a pity party? Y'all just set up an appointment. We'll just, we'll just lick each other's wounds, okay? Yeah, I've been there, done that. I understand. How do I get it back? How do I believe again? I remember when I heard the truth about, you know, that, that guy, and I don't know if we got any little kids with us, so be careful. But when I learned that truth, it's like, well, scratch that one out. You know, they also told me about that person that shows up and looks for something under my pillow. Scratch that one out. As we grow more and more cynical and just about life, I mean, if you worked in the retail industry, I mean, that almost used to be a little running joke between me and Sister Frances Newman, you know, just work in retail industry, if you're not careful, you'll get a totally different attitude about Christmas, amen? How do we get the joy back? How do we get the wonder back? How do we get there? I'm teasing you a little bit because I'm really hoping some of you 
finally say, Pastor, tell us. <laughs> no, just get there, Pastor. Can you, can you just tell? Yeah, I want to tell you. you. You knew I wasn't asking a question without an answer, didn't you? I, I, I want to give you the answer. How, how, how we get that belief back. How we get that faith back. Romans 12 and 3 tells us that God has given to every one of us a portion of faith. Inside of you, there is a seed called faith. Jesus told his disciples that if you have faith just as little as a mustard seed, as small and as insignificant as that, you can speak to this mountain and say, be cast into the sea and it'll have to obey you. So every one of us inside of you, you have this seed of faith. This seed of wonder, this seed of belief, this seed of believing in the hope again, uh, this, this, this seed of faith that, that you don't have to go find it. You just, maybe, maybe you just got to, you know, just dig through the cynicism and the negativity and the, the secularism and, and, and the attitudes and the hurts and the scars and the pains and, and all the answers no and all the doubts and the questions and all of that just is on top of it. You've got that seed that is inside of you today. You don't need to fight for it. You don't have to fast for it. You don't even have to pray for it. It's there. You just got to go get it. You just got to find it again. It's inside of you. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.